Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Time now to get a bit of a COVID and flu update from Deputy Director of Public Health, Dr Julie Graham. Doctor, good morning. Thanks for your time and welcome back to Tasmania Talks. Good morning, Mike. It's great to be back on and, and giving you these updates. Well, so where are things uh, at currently with COVID in Tassie? Look, we're sort of where we expected to be. Um, we're seeing fluctuations in case numbers. So I think when we last talked, our seven-day average cases was sort of heading downwards. Um, we were down in the sort of middle 650s. We've sort of inched up again. We're back with an average seven-day um, total number of cases per day of 735. And today we'll be announcing um, 1,001 cases that were notified in the last 24 hours. And it's, it's kind of the pattern we expect to see um, with cases fluctuating. I think, you know, we'll see between 500 and 1,000 cases occurring for the, the next few months anyway. So it's because of winter, I gather. I mean, how, these cases that we average each day, so we can't really say that we are averaging anything because it seems to fluctuate so much. Yeah, look, and that's what we we keep a close look on the numbers. Um, we keep a close look on um, the genomics, and I think you know people will be aware that we, we look at the um, variants that are coming through. Mm. Um, what we've known so far is that most of our cases in Tasmania have been the Omicron, what we call the BA2 variant. Um, what we're seeing is a, a slow increase in some of the BA5 variant. We're seeing about, I think, about 11% of our cases are related to the BA5 now. And certainly in New South Wales, we're seeing an increase in numbers of those. And what that means for us is that this BA5 variant is more transmissible. Um, it isn't um, showing any uh, that it's more severe, that people get worse symptoms or are hospitalised, but it's certainly more transmissible and it's also transmissible to those who may have had other variants in the past. So with the high number of cases that we've had in Tasmania, we're likely to see some people who are going to get COVID again, unfortunately. And I, I noticed that um, they're developing, I think it's Moderna, developing a spray that goes under the skin, so it's not a, an injection as such, and they're hoping that'll be for the new variants of Omicron. Yeah, look, there's lots of an ongoing research about um, different vaccinations that may be available into the future. There's um, talk about a combined influenza, um, COVID, and what we call respiratory syncytial virus or RSV vaccine for the future. There's, and certainly um, looking at what variants are around and making sure that our vaccines match the variants. This is going to be ongoing work and, and research, you know, over the coming years to just help protect people from severe disease. I know. Um, I'd love to know, are our testing numbers, uh, Dr. Where you'd like them to be? Or is it hard to say as many Tasmanians will be conducting the rapid antigen tests at home? Look, we're still getting good, um, good numbers of testing. And I think it's really important for um, anyone who has symptoms to get tested, particularly for those that, um, are at risk of severe disease. And we know those that are, um, you know, over 65 that may have chronic conditions or those that are immunocompromised really are at risk of severe disease. The vaccine protects them and so making sure they've had their um, third and fourth dose, booster doses, but also being aware that there are treatments available if you are at risk of severe disease that helps prevent that. So if you have symptoms, get tested. If you're in those younger age groups and certainly you're having symptoms, 
stay at home, protect others from um, the virus being transmitted, both COVID and flu, but also make sure um, you are being tested to um, um, rule out COVID or influenza. And if I may, how many deaths have we had since the borders have reopened, Doctor? So we've had 72 deaths, sadly, since the borders have Mm. been opened. Um, And luckily, that is one of the lowest death rates in Australia. Um, It's something to be proud of, but also very sad that we are seeing those deaths. And I think we have to contribute that to our high vaccination coverage. And there's certainly been a lot of evidence coming out recently that those booster doses, as I said, the third and fourth dose, um, are particularly useful in preventing that severe disease in that older population. So we know um, at the moment that we've got about 73% of our um, over 16s have had a third dose. We need to keep encouraging people to get boosters and those people who are vulnerable for severe disease to get that fourth booster dose as well. Yeah, good call. We seem to be still averaging, though, a death a day. Is it mainly seeing these deaths, sadly, in just older Tasmanians? It is, unfortunately, at the moment, yep, and they're the ones that we do know are at risk of the severe disease. And so we do need to continue to protect those vulnerable populations. Um, And as I said, that's A, the the vaccine for everyone, Mm. B, having testing early so we can get um, those who are vulnerable onto treatments that will help protect them as well. And what about the the argument? I, I have one consistent caller that says it's the vaccine can kill people. Um, look, we do know, and I think we touched on this last time, that there are always um, risks and potential side effects with any medication, whether it be a vaccine or, or treatment for your blood pressure. There is always risks. But what we do is we um, review those risks against the, the risks of the disease itself, and we're seeing far more people die of COVID um, than we do of the, the vaccine. And uh, what about our hospitals, uh, if I can, Doctor? Where are things at there? How many Tasmanians are currently in hospital as such with COVID? So at the moment, we've got 38 people in co- in hospital with COVID. Only 12 of those are being treated specifically for um, COVID right. illness, um, with two of those in ICU. Obviously, with the amount of COVID that we have in the community, um, they're going to be people in hospital for other reasons who are picked up with COVID. So they're being managed with precautions in hospital to, to help protect both the staff and other patients as well. Um, so the hospital system um, is managing with those. We certainly um, have a, a good enrolment in our COVID at home um, program, which is helping to monitor people out of hospital to make sure that they're staying safe at home and have access to, to treatment as they require and also identify if there's any sort of early deterioration where they may need more um, management. So that that program's Mm. been very successful as well. Speaking with Dr Julie Graham, Deputy Director of Public Health, how are our hospitals coping? I mean, not just with COVID, there's been so many, the ambulance ramping, the bed block, etc. How are they coping coming into winter now? Look, there's always pressures on on hospital. I think we're seeing that across Australia. Um, I can't really comment on the pressures in the hospitals at the moment. Certainly my focus is on, on the COVID side and influenza side of and really preventing people from um, entering hospital and putting more pressure on those systems. Um, and, and that's really our, our focus at public health. 
With all of this in mind, uh, why is it that public health has decided then to ease the mask mandates? Look, I think there's a couple of things that we need to sort of work through in this, and, and we are heading towards the end of what we call the public health emergency. Um, and I think uh, it's really um, important that listeners understand that public health have managed communicable diseases in our community for a, a long time and, and will continue to do so. So influenza is a case people might remember the outbreak of meningococcal disease we had a couple of years ago that we successfully managed. And public health will continue to manage COVID-19 in the community even after the end of the um, public health emergency, which is likely to cease on the 30th of June. And part of those is providing that ongoing management is to provide advice to people, to provide information, to provide access to vaccines, access to treatment, but also to provide information on what are the safe behaviours. And up until now, a lot of those behaviours have been mandated by public health. We've been mandating masks. Mm -hmm. And people have learnt along the way that masks help protect them. So although we're taking the mandate away, we're actually still encouraging people to wear masks. Um, A lot of workplaces are doing risk assessments, which are showing that for their business continuity and for their safety of their staff and their customers, they're going to continue to make um, or or ask their staff to wear masks. And public health continues to say where you can't socially distance, where you're at risk of severe disease, a mask is a really easy tool to help protect yourself and those around you. So although the mask mandate is being removed, it's certainly masks are still encouraged. I know face masks is what's still required to be worn by close contacts even when they're in indoor settings outside the home. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. look, last week on Saturday we removed the need for masks in airports, um, but you still are required to wear a mask on an airplane. Um, next uh, Saturday, so the 25th, the mandate will be um, removed from schools and our early learning centres and public transport. Um, and then finally on the 30th of June um, for our high-risk settings. Now, as I've said, a lot of places and with public health are working with these workplaces um, to help them implement their own mask requirements um, in their workplaces to help protect their staff and, and uh, customers. Mm. We sort of uh, we've, we've sort of been hearing from Premier and Health Minister Jeremy Rockliffe in his COVID updates. Uh, quote: With COVID still circulating in our community, it's important to continue following the COVID safe behaviours, practice good hand hygiene, follow social distancing, a test when you have symptoms, stay home when you're unwell. Unquote. But when you're out and about, you really don't see much social distancing out and about, do you, Doctor? Really? Look, I think people are trying, and I think you know I've been to a few um, dark mofo events where. There really has been um, some crowding, you know, obviously we're, we're back to our winter feasts and our activities, but I do see people trying to do the best in um, keeping their social distance. I do see people wearing masks. I do see people using the hand sanitizers, and we do mm. know that our vaccination coverage is the highest. And really, we're moving to a point of um, you know, businesses and individuals taking that responsibility of protecting themselves from COVID and influenza this winter season and continuing to practice all those behaviours that hopefully have become ingrained. Steve from Bridge North has called in with a question for you, Doctor. How many people um, that go into ICU with COVID are actually recovering? 
Uh, we've had, and I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but I um, we do have the majority of people in ICU who, who have recovered. Um, so there have been a small number who have um, uh, passed away, unfortunately, but um, a, a lot do recover. Much, and we have yeah. actually only had very, very small numbers of people going into ICU in Tasmania. We probably need to touch on flu too. Uh, where are things in regards to influenza? How many cases have we seen so far this year? Look, at the moment uh, we've seen around, I think we've had around 794 cases notified. Um, we are seeing um, flu out there in the community. Um, nationally, um, we've seen about 140,000 cases and again, unfortunately, about 44 deaths related to influenza. And again, the similar sort of behaviours that help protect us from COVID are going to help protect us from flu. So that's mm. our vaccination. It's widely available. There are clinics, um, GP clinics, pharmacies and some state-run clinics that you can access on the um, coronavirus website as to where these um, vaccination clinics are. And all those other behaviours, the mask wearing where you can't socially distance, you know, covering your coughs and sneezes, making sure you're using hand hygiene and socially distance. And really, if you are unwell, please stay at home. That helps protect the community um, from further transmission. So the uh, coronavirus.tas.gov.au, that'll tell you where the clinics are for the flu jab? Yep, COVID and flu jab, um, they're both included on that website. Uh, are people actually, are you finding people taking advantage of the government's free flu jabs? I mean, two weeks tomorrow until that ends. Yeah, look, we are, we're seeing, we're seeing increased uptake, uh, with the flu vaccine. Um, we do have a total about 41% of, um, Tasmanian population has had that flu vaccine, um, now. And certainly that vulnerable group that we're really targeting, the over 65s have got great coverage up at 77%. The ones that we really want to get are the um, six months to five years. Still, we only have 22% of those children that are covered with flu vaccine. They're probably our most at-risk population because we haven't seen flu in the community for the last couple of years and they won't have any immunity at all. And we do know that flu... um, you know, can cause hospitalizations and even death in these, in these young groups. So I'd encourage all parents, um, who have a child six months to five years to get out and get them protected. Yeah. Good call. Remind us where we can get our flu jabs or COVID boosters as well. So you can get your flu jabs. There are, uh, all GP, a number of GPs. Um, just contact your GP surgery, um, to find out about COVID or flu vaccine. You can get flu vaccine at pharmacies. Um, again, talk to the local pharmacy and all this information is on the website and there are government clinics which are both pop up, um, around in different areas. Um, and so the website will sort of be able to provide you where these clinics are coming. Um, but also where the stand-up ones are in, in Hobart and Launceston and Devonport. Now, the state of emergency in Tassie, as we've uh, said, touched on is coming to an end at the end of the month. So for those that aren't aware, what exactly does that mean for our state? Um, I, I shouldn't say not a lot, but it, it really is. It's an, it's just the next step in our response to COVID-19. So the public health emergency, um, allowed us to put in measures and controls. We'll all remember our border lockdowns, our stay at home orders, our mandates for vaccination. These measures were enabled under the Emergency Public Health Act. Um, 
we are transitioning to managing COVID under our normal communicable disease um, processes and these are outlined in the Public Health Act. So what it means um, is that and I think the first thing to say is what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that COVID's gone away. COVID is still out there circulating. We can see by our case numbers. And as I mentioned earlier, these numbers are going to go up and down. Yeah. We do have new variants coming along. We need to keep monitoring those. But we can actually manage the response to COVID under the normal Public Health Act now. Cases still need to isolate if they're notified. You still need to register your rat test. You still need to um, follow the precautions if you're a contact that is wearing a mask when you're outside and doing a rat test. You still need to stay at home if you have symptoms. You still need to get vaccinated and you still need to follow the COVID safe behaviours. So it's just, a, in a sense, it's our legal framework of how we manage COVID moving forward. And uh, Doctor, finally, just uh, one, one last question in regard to: Will we need to have um, another jab, even if you've had um, your booster, etc.? Is that going to be the case in six months or, or next year, perhaps? Look, it really depends on the variants that are circulating, and certainly ATAGI, who is the national body that um, makes recommendations on our uh, all our vaccinations, um, including including COVID. They'll be closely monitoring the situation mm. and will um, provide recommendations over the coming months if there is a further dose required. Oh, good call. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it very much. Not a problem. Thanks. Uh, Dr Julie Graham there, Deputy Director of Public Health. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.